As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Hey, what is going on? It is your boy, Johnny Mags, back at you once again for another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I'm joined, as always, with... Dan Garcia. And we're live from San... Well, not live when you're listening, but we're live from San Manuel Stadium. We're live when we're taping it. Yeah, San Manuel (laughs) Stadium, home of the Inland Empire 66ers, a classy affiliate of your Los Angeles Angels. They're wrapping up their season. It went by in a flash. Obviously, the Angels got probably another month full of games, but this is the the final few games here for the 66ers. Yeah, tonight's their final uh, Thursday game, and then their actually last home game um, is Monday, and then they go on the road for the rest of August. I think their last game is like the 1st of September. Um, but, yeah, so it's definitely winding down, not only here in Inland Empire, but pretty much all the minor league teams up in uh, – Mobile and Salt Lake. So um, minor league baseball is coming to an end, which it, it, it kind of sucks because some of these guys that you look forward to seeing uh, their stat lines and seeing how they're doing at the lower levels, uh, their season's coming to an end. Yeah, bittersweet, bittersweet. It goes by in a flash. I feel like I was just here for media day at the, before the season started, and it's already winding down. Crazy. All right, so before we get going on the show, we'd like to take a minute to introduce uh, new sponsors and you know, football is back. AB is with the Raiders. I'm happy about that. Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets. OBJ and Jarvis Landry have teamed up again in Cleveland. So Cleveland's going to be good this year, so they say. One thing that hasn't changed, though, where I'm placing my bets this season, and that's my bookie, is a place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting their first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed $100,000 and only costs 100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that have been good to me. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most reward player perks in the business. And for you fancy guys out there, you can even bet under overs on how many fancy points a player will score each game. Use promo code armchair to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie.ag. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. And don't forget to use the promo code armchair. Or is it chair? I believe it's chair. Well, I have armchair here. Well, go with what it says. Go with what it says. Armchair. Hey, try chair. If it doesn't work, try armchair. Hey, there you go. Okay. So uh, use promo code armchair, and when creating your account to claim that bonus, terms and conditions do apply. Bet, win, and get paid. So visit mybookie.ag. So let's let's go on to it. I think last week was actually a really good week. This year, this week, yeah, better than the week prior to last week. But well, I mean, you know, winding down. It's kind of hard when you have so many games in a short period of time. Yeah, I think that kind of hurt a little bit. And yeah. returning back to a spot that. Um, honestly, I think Andrew Haney uh, mentioned it when they got back to Texas. They did it that he just he hates that place now. And oh, now the man, fact that's... that the fact that now that's the last time in that that stadium, hopefully that has some kind of closure to it. But yeah, it definitely um, some feelings, some some definitely oh, no hard doubt. feelings going no around doubt. with with the return to Texas. But we'll get to that when the the series pops up. Yeah, so let's get into it. We recorded on Thursday. Yeah. 
Was it Thursday? No, we recorded it Friday. We, oh, that's right. Okay, so anyway, let's get into Friday's game. It was against the White Sox. Um, Patrick Sandoval took the start. He went four and a third, gave up five hits. He three earned runs, a walk, and three strikeouts. The problem here, um, the bullpen gave up five runs and three and a third of an innings pitch. But, you know, when a guy doesn't go deep into the games, the bullpen's, this bullpen's being taxed all season yeah, long. And you can't really blame them. Too you much. see that with Buttry, too. Buttry only yeah. going two thirds of an inning, giving up three earned runs. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's getting to that point again at the end of the year where a lot of these guys are now reaching, especially these young guys. Again, this is Buttry's first full year in the majors, so he's definitely at that point where he's had his uh, career high in innings. And, and so it's starting to, you're starting to see it now in, in, in the inconsistency of outings. Some outings he looks great. He gets through one, two, three, like in 11 pitches. And then some outings he, like this one, struggles to get through and, and gives up some runs that are late in the game. Yeah, the offense is only able to muster up two runs and six hits over the nine innings. The White Sox led from the start pretty much in this one, and it was just kind of one of those games where you just, ah, you know. Yeah, yeah. it was three to four going into this, or after the seventh, I believe. So you, there was still a little bit of chance, but then the four runs in the top of the yeah. eighth really kind of um, put it away, especially that late in the game. There's not a whole lot of time for uh, the teams to start chipping away at it. It's, it. You have to get it all at once, and that makes it really hard. I guess the high point of the game is Trout hitting his career high 41st mm-hmm. home run in the game. And kind of like what you're saying, we're still in August and they still have a whole month left. So that's that's pretty crazy when you think about it that way. Yeah, it's incredible. I was before the show started, <coughs> before we started recording, I was on Instagram live talking about how crazy, stupid, good my trout is, and we'll we'll get more into that in a little bit. So heading into Saturday's game, the, the Angels were looking at uh, even up the series against the White Sox. It was an opener start. Noe Ramirez went one and a third, gave up two hits, one and run. He struck out one. Suarez. However, he only went four. He gave up six hits, four and runs, three walks. You don't like to see that in four innings. He struck out five. The White Sox would take a quick one nothing lead in the first, but in the bottom of the second, the Angels would get on the board with a Brian Goodwin solo shot, tying the game at one. Um, he just con- Goodwin to me, well, what happened? To just a, 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 I wouldn't say a breakout year, but I mean, if you look at his stat line throughout his career, he's having a hell of a year this year for the Angels. Yeah, he's having, a, I guess you want to call it a resurgence. That's, I mean, that's a good word for it. But I, you know, you like to see guys like that, especially um, guys that got picked up for practically nothing during the offseason perform and, and contribute way more than you expected. Um, you know, Goodwin coming in was, uh, I mean, all things considering, was competing. There was pretty much a three-way com- uh, competition going uh-huh. for that fourth spot going into spring. Now, Michael Hermosillo suffered a, a hernia injury, so he was out really early in spring training, um, So, which left just Goodwin and Peter Borges to compete for that fourth spot. And even and even still, I think, you know, they picked up Goodwin so late in the spring training where, you know, Borges <laughs> lost that spot at the beginning of the season going, you know, after he earned his spot on the mm-hmm. roster, just wasn't, just wasn't showing up. Yeah, he, de- he definitely had a, a slow start, yeah. but... Uh, um, I guess what's, what was good for him was that Upton injury that happened early yeah. in spring where it forced him to be in the lineup a lot, a lot, a lot. And finally when he got comfortable, finally when he got Produce. his at-bats, mm-hmm. it showed what he can do with this um, this season. And definitely a guy that, you know, depending on what they do in the free agency market or, or their, their contract situation with, with Cole in the offseason, um, can, can be competing for that, you know, third spot in the outfield or definitely competing for fourth, that fourth spot fourth. again. Um, next year, but again, um, the Cole option for on the contract is going to be the big question going into the spring training at, or um, the off, off season, season with what you know as far as in house. Now we'll get to the off, off season, season and where they want to go and who they want to target after. Yeah. But as far as guys in house already, I think that's probably the number one question they're going to have going into this off season. Absolutely. So heading into the third, the Angels would give that run back, however, and then some as the White Sox would score four times, giving them a five five to one lead. Upton would uh, answer back with a solo shot of himself. He's actually being – he's actually kind of hot as of he's late. He's actually – wow, it's funny how you get uh, at-bats and you start yeah. warming up and you actually get maybe 150, uh, 200 yeah. at-bats underneath Producing. your belt. Yeah how, yeah, how weird that is. And missing all spring training pretty much, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, so he hits a solo shot. And in the bottom of the seventh, the Angels would rally, capped by a two-run single by Mike Trout uh, and an RBI single by the same guy, Upton. And then with the bases loaded, uh, Brian Goodwin – Walks and uh, secures the next one, and that's nowhere close. That's ball four. Bases loaded. Walk gives the Angels a 6-5 lead. The Angels would come back to win this one 6-5, and then the Undertaker gets the save. Yeah, yeah. 
when you struggle like this, you'll take a win any way you can get it, whether it's a walk or, you know, a wild pitch or anything like that. You'll definitely take it. Yeah, so heading into Sunday, the Angels, you know, they had trying to – Hold up real quick. Right now, he'd be saying, we're nasty. <laughs> Can't forget that one. Heading into Sunday, the Angels, are, we're trying to, you know, let's, let's, let's just keep winning. Now, the only thing you can do now at this point of the season for the Angels is compete, win games. Don't worry too much about anything else that's happening around you. Just go out there, play the game. And they did that. Very happy with uh, Griffin Canning's outing. He went seven innings, five hits, only one earned run. I like the fact that he only walked one guy, eight strikeouts. So Canning pitched great. Angels will get on the board first in the second with a three-run shot by Matt Dice. Dice launches one out toward right field. John Jay moving back on the track. Wall gone. Big fly for Matt Dice. It's thrice as nice. Three-nothing halos. I don't know about that. Thrice is nice, but okay. I mean, they reach for it. I understand yeah, where you're going yeah. for it. And that's the one thing about live uh, live uh, television. You <laughs> throw it out there and see what happens. There's no taking it back. No. They would add on in the fourth on a Cole Calhoun solo blast, just padding those home run numbers. And in the seventh, Otani goes big fly as the Angels would keep adding on with the Anthony Bamboom home run. His first major league home run of the season. The Angels go on to win this one, nine to two. They needed a win like this, I think. Yeah, it was definitely nice to see home runs from, like you said, Thice, Calhoun, Otani, and Bamboon. Um, Thice, four RBI games. Something they said during the during the broadcast, I didn't realize, but I, looking back, I see it now. Uh, Thice is all his home runs have been at Angel Stadium, yeah. so keep him keep him in the lineup when you're at home, I'm guess. But um, you mentioned it, Canning, seven innings pitch, 101 pitches, eight strikeouts, had a really really good game and really. Um, showed why he was the Angels' top pitching prospect coming into the year. Hallelujah. Somebody actually went seven innings for the second week in a row, right? Right now, he'd be saying, we're nasty. <laughs> so heading into yep. Monday, they have a series against Texas, and it didn't start off the way the Angels would want. The Angels lost this one 8-7. to seven. Dylan Peters struggled a little bit in this game. He went four innings. He gave up seven hits. All, all his runs were earned. He had four walks in four innings. That's a walk per inning. He had three strikeouts. But it was a back-and-forth game. The Angels got ahead early, but the Rangers would battle back, and in the ga- this game would go extras, and the Rangers would eventually score in the 11th and win this one 8-7. to seven. Yeah, it, it's, it was kind of unfortunate, again, to go extra innings. It was hot. It was muggy. You yeah, know, your really tex- hot, right? Texas, Texas weather, so you don't know maybe if that had to deal with – that had an uh, effect on Peters. Being back in Texas. Being back in Texas. But, I mean, they got out to a 7-1 seven to, seven to one lead after two, and so you would think they would be able to hold it. Just, um but yeah, they weren't able to get any kind of consistent, um, consistent uh, pitching going down the back end of that game, where they're able to chip away, chip away, chip away, and then even the last uh, <clears throat> walk off hit. I mean, it's one of those things where there's a guy on third, and it, it was one of those infield <laughs> it hits the hits the plate and it flies up right. in the air, and just timing wise, I mean. There was nothing, nothing no, nothing, do. no way can do. No, he no. he fielded it clean and threw it to first, but by then the guy was already safe. It was one of those things where it's up there forever, yeah. and you just have to wait and wait and wait and wait for it to come down. And Perfectly it placed, yeah, hit. exactly, yeah. All right, so heading into Tuesday's game, the Angels are looking to, you know, at least you know doubleheader. It's a game that they was made up due to the passing of Tyler Skaggs and. The opening game was a, a eleven o'clock Texas time game um, or our time game, one o'clock Texas and. Andrew Heaney just dominated. He went eight innings, gave up four hits, one earned run, the only earned run on a Willie Calhoun solo shot, no walks, and 14 strikeouts, becoming only the third uh, uh, Angels pitcher to do that. Uh, Other guys were, uh, I believe it was Frank Tanana and Dan Heron. Dan Heron, yeah. So just a great, great um, start. And especially him with everything going on, like you said, with the Skaggs thing, him being definitely his best friend on the team and – you know, he had that moment in Texas and Houston uh, right after, but to be in that stadium, and I don't know if people that know the history of it, but um, that was his team growing up. Being from Oklahoma, they would go down to Arlington and, and watch him play and stuff like that. So that was his, like, his childhood team. And now with the circumstances and everything that happened, it's just kind of, he's like one of those teams where, like, I don't want to face him. But the fact that they were – he was able to do that eight innings pitch, like you said, eight innings pitch, four hits, one and run, fourteen strikeouts, one hundred and eight pitches. So very efficient. I think that was the best way of putting it. Very efficient with his pitches in this outing and in, in the heat, where you know for some some pitches, if if you're walking a lot of guys or pitching a lot of innings, just being out there in that kind of heat will just drain you more so than 
you know, the 20 pitches you just threw. So the fact that he was able to get in, get out, get back to the dugout, um, really, I think, helped him and the team in, in this game being, like you said, a 1 o'clock start Texas time and, and definitely not ideal for um, – for, for a team that's already struggling with bullpen that had to play two games back-to-back. Well, Heaney saved the bullpen in this game. That was a huge thing. That was the biggest fear for yeah, me. me too. Going into a game back-to-back, uh-huh. or going to the day, going back-to-back games, right. was like, okay, well, if, he, if Heaney only goes five or six, now you're yeah. forced to throw guys in there. And then guess what? Those guys are more than likely, depending on what they do, going to be not eligible or not not, not be eligible, but not be available, available for them, yeah. that night. So the fact that Heaney went eight, and then yeah. I believe Cole, Cole came, finished Cole the, finished game, the game, and then you only used two guys. Yeah, I think that was an absolute um, savior for for the Angels and and that staff going into the game that night. No doubt, the best start of the season for Andrew Heaney. So the Angels would jump ahead early in the first with a two run home run by who else? Mr. Mike Trout. This one's pulled out toward the left field corner. That is gone. A line shot over the wall. That took no time to get out of here. A big fly for Mike Trout. A new career high is forty second of the season. That ball was demolished. It got out of quick. 112.2 miles per hour off the bat. And if anyone saw the actual footage of the home run, like you said, it was low, but it was stung so hard that it got out. Um, I don't know if anyone put a stopwatch on it, but it it didn't take any time at all to get out. And it was uh, just actually smashed. Yeah, the Angels would would add to that on a Renjifo two-run shot, getting them to 5-1. That's all they would need for Andrew Heaney. Like we said, he went out there and... And finish the game out. So Angels win this one, five to one. Game one. Right now he'd be saying we're nasty. <laughs> so the second game of the day night doubleheader was a little bit. Uh, it's a different game, closer. I think Berea pitched decent. He only went five innings, gave up five hits, only two runs. He gave up. He only walked one. He gave up four strikeouts. Um, Rangers would take a two nothing lead, and then the Angels would tie the game, scoring single runs in the eighth and ninth innings. But deja vu, the game would end in the eleventh on a uh, Rangers. You just know, score and went three to two. It was a tough game. It was, it was yeah. Again, eleven you know, innings. I mean, you're being you're being forced to play um, long games. I mean, you have eleven game, eleven inning game on Monday. You have a you know this is the second game of a back to back double header. So another eleven innings. Um, Jaime again, not great, not terrible. Five innings with two earned runs, seventy seven pitches. Um, you know, Goodwin's home run the ninth to tie it was really cool to see because yeah. you kind of wanted to see them kind of. I guess fight a little bit, and and when you hit that home run in the ninth, especially being you know a guy like Goodwin, where uh, you weren't getting a whole lot of production, obviously only scoring two runs, but the fact to get a home run in the ninth was pretty cool. Um, the walk off air, I guess you want to call it, um, kind of skipped over Albert's glove, eighty four point seven mile per hour ground ball. It, it's one of those. It was like an in between hop, and it was and it got on him pretty quickly. If you look online. Uh, MLB has a, a place where you can look at the exit velo, and when people hit it that hard, it's a they, it's a thirty or a three fifty batting average for people that make contact. So I mean that's a good struck ball, but you was, would wish that you know it was able to get knocked down, knocked down, and, and yeah. maybe you know yeah. make a play. But easier said than done. Yeah, we're exactly. Here, we're sitting here on, <laughs> behind a microphone, right? Exactly. But so exactly. But it, it kind of sucks that the two wins and uh, we're. 11th inning walk-off Deja vu. Exactly, yeah. right back. back. Yeah, so uh, Angels are trying to salvage that series, uh, trying to try to get one of them at the end here. And, you know, Patrick Sandoval got the start going three and a third, eight hits, four and runs, no walks, three Ks. Again, just not being able to get too deep. It was a back-and-forth game, to, um, to say the least, especially for the Rangers in those later innings. You know, they scored runs in the 7th, 8th, and ninth innings to win 8-7. to seven. See, And that was the one thing about even this whole series. Texas, I don't think, ever really had a huge inning, but it was like no. the, the two-run inning. Chipping away. The three-run inning, stuff. the one-run yeah. inning. And even, you know, going into the bottom of the ninth, they brought in um, they brought in Trevor Cahill, and, you, you know, you were hoping that this would be the guy that – if it went extras, he'd be the guy to be able to give you a couple innings. Um, it was Andrews gets on base, and then two wild pitches that really, really hurt. And next thing you know, he, he's in scoring, but he's on third. And so, um, uh, Hunter Pence has hit a simple single. They didn't really, have, they didn't have to really work too hard, and that's kind of the frustrating part. Is when a team beats you and and, and they kind of put two or three hits together. Okay, you know, whatever they got you. But when you're kind of your own worst enemy and the fact that you give up two wild pitches to put that guy on third, that's where it gets kind of frustrating. It's like, oh, all you got to do is, is, you know, 
knock it down and not let him advance to third maybe. Maybe, okay, whatever, he gets a second, but then tighten it down a little bit and make sure that the ball's not in the dirt for him to advance to third. But, again, um, this was a long series. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I think I did the math right, but you're playing uh, four games over three days, and you play 40 innings. Yeah. I mean, that is just uh, that's crazy. And and glad that today, again, we're recording this Thursday, uh, they have an off day to, to recover. Even though they're just going to Houston, they still have an off day to but recover. But still, you know, good. you're in Texas, so you're not going cross-country. Right, they're able exactly. to kind of relax yep. a little bit today. And I'm sure that, you know, they'll take it easy as far as, you know, practicing go, goes for tomorrow. But like you said, they got three in Houston before they come back home for two against Texas and then the three games set against the Boston Red Sox. It's not getting easier for the Angels. I mean, Texas is a decent team. They're just probably right there with us as I far think, as record goes. Uh, yeah, I, I think, honestly, where the two teams are, Texas and the Angels, are now at, at this time of the year between injuries and Texas, uh, you know, with their injuries and some of their players. I, I mean, I think they honestly are kind of mirror mm-hmm. images of each other. For like sure. Offenses that can produce, produce a bunch of runs, and it all comes down to what kind of pitching you're going to get. I mean, they are – I, I would say almost exactly the same as the Angels right now because the Angels, you see it, they can produce runs just as much as anybody, but it's always going to come down to that pitching. And Texas, I feel, are, are are pretty much in the same boat as the Angels when it comes to you know who they are right now at the season. Yeah, for sure. So again, um, we're recording today. No, no game today, but. Uh, any news that you want to talk about before we head? Obviously, well, the mean, big news that just came out. Griffin Canning. Griffin Canning went to the IL with elbow inflammation uh, yesterday, the Wednesday, and then today actually got the MRI back. Um, there was no structural damage, they said, as far as his elbow, which is the good news. Uh, I guess the bad news, depending on how you look at it, is that the fact that they are going to shut him down for the rest of the year. Uh, Angels uh, PR, Twitter, uh, po- posted this, put it out. Um, about 3 o'clock today, Griffin Canning underwent an MRI this morning in L.A. The results show mild inflammation in his elbow joint. Uh, we will shut down Griffin down. We will shut Griffin down for the remainder of the season to allow inflammation to subside. Yeah. So, again, you yeah. hope it's nothing serious, but at this point, there's no need no. for him to be out there longer. I mean, I think we talked about it a little bit. You kind of saw what he was able to do when he was on he showed why he can, you know, he can be definitely a a fixture in this rotation when it comes to, um, you know, the future of the Angels. But um, a lot of people were were spec not speculating, but like, oh, here comes a Tommy John, here comes the surgery, and he's done for the year. What? How do you feel about all that? Uh, I think it's a, you know everyone just being so scared of of you know our luck as of late with a lot of our pitchers. You know, you had. Tighter Skaggs, you know, God rest his soul, that, you know, went through Tommy John, Andrew Heaney, Tommy John, J.C. Ramirez, Tommy John, Keenan Middleton, Tommy John. So everyone's scared, obviously, but inflammation is inflammation. The kids, you know, I don't think he's pitched. Here's the thing. Even if he's pitched a lot of innings in his baseball career, this is a major league level, higher leverage situations. There's a little more zip on your fastball. There's a little more taxing on your arm because of the level that you're playing at. You have to be that much better. So I think it's just growing pains, maturing in his arm. I don't, you know, if it was something the Angels would, you know, they'd, they'd say something. But I think it's a good idea to shut him down. There's no reason for him to be out there. The Angels aren't in contention for anything. Just go out there, try to win games. You know, you you let Berea work through his through his thing. You let Suarez kind of pitch. You let him work through his stuff. Um, Patrick Sandoval will get a couple of starts here. So, I, as far as um, who they can throw out there, there's a bunch of options for the Angels. Again, we're not in a situation where they're competing for a playoff spot, so it's not that big of a deal in my eyes. So everybody just needs to kind of relax. Let him just let him rela- let him let him just rest up that arm. No need, no yeah. need for him to rush back. So, and that's kind of what I was thinking too. Um, the good point, the good, the good part of it is that he never got pulled out of a game. I mean, you're looking at his last start on Sunday. That was the seven seven innings, 101. Uh, pitch uh, game he had. It wasn't like he was pitching in the third and then the trainer had to come out and look at him and figure out, okay, we got to pull him. So he was able to finish the game, play the whole game for the most part, and and this inflammation came, I think, because of it. But the fact that they said there was no structural damage, not even a small tear, because every once in a while you'll hear, oh, a small tear but doesn't need surgery. But the fact that they said there was no tear at all um, was a huge, huge plus for the Angels. So you shut him down. And it's inflammation is inflammation. The funny part about using those words, and you see it all the time whenever it comes with pitchers, inflammation isn't – it's a symptom of something. 
you know, whether it's overuse, whether it is a torn ligament, whatever. So uh, inflammation is super broad. So, again, time will tell. The fact that they are shutting him down means that if he did have needed surgery or something like that, they would probably have it coming up soon because there's no point in saving him. But uh, shut him down. Let him rest. You, I think you've honestly seen enough to where you can make an honest judgment of it. But um, save him up for the next uh, handful of seasons. He's going to be with the Angels. So uh, I guess that's a big part of news. And another big news was the fact that um, King Milton was in Salt Lake over the weekend or a couple days. I think it was Monday or Tuesday. And he everything looked good by all reports is that he should be making his return kind of like any time now. And same thing with Simmons. Simmons was actually here in, in uh, Illinois Empire in the afternoon yesterday taking live BP. Um, everything went great. Um, I believe he is joining the team in Houston, so maybe on this uh, road trip he will be activated sometime during that, but we'll just have to wait and see with that. So you get Middleton in and get him some MLB innings. You get Simmons back, uh, something to look forward to that way. But I guess those as far as injuries go for the Angels, you know, big loss with Griffin, but the fact that they didn't say that there was any structural damage is, is a plus to that. So now it's just kind of a wait-and-see game to make sure that uh, nothing comes up and he gets his rest and, and he's available to pitch next season. Yeah, let him heal up, man. He's going to be a huge vital role in that rotation next year, you know, possibly being like that number three, number four guy. So, All right, so that's going to do it for our new segment of the show. We're going to take a quick commercial break to get a word from our sponsor. When we come back from the break, we'll have a special interview that we had with uh, Houston Astros insider. Ch- uh, Chandler Rome, the Houston Chronicle beat writer. And uh, – Poll questions and emails. So when we come back on the other side of the break, we'll be right back with the All Angels Podcast. Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. This is Hook Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. My next guest on the All Angels podcast is a Houston Chronicle writer, Chandler Rome. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good, good, good. Um, thank you for taking some time out real quick and a, a, a busy day for you and, and the Astros. So we're going to talk to you a little bit about uh, the next coming series against the Astros and and the Angels, and, and kind of, as an Angels fan, kind of figure out, you know, what makes Houston so dominant, like, uh, and you, you, you know, following them, being the beat writer for the Houston Chronicle, how, I guess as an Angel fan, we want to know, how big is this window, you think, in your opinion, uh, Houston controlling the AL West? Well, they're going to return their entire core of position players for the next couple of years, and then Justin Verlander and Zach Grinke are at the front of their rotation for the next two years. So you have to say at least the next two years with Verlander and Grinky up there. You know, Altuve's locked up long-term. Bregman's locked up long-term. Correa is, is still under team control for, for three years. You've got George Springer, who's not a free agent until uh, 2021. Michael Brantley's back next year. So just on paper, this team appears as, it's, as you know, they're going to return next year and be the heavy favorites to win the American League West once again. Um, you know, barring injuries or barring ineffectiveness, this is a team that is set up to win not only this year but next year and in 2021. But, you know, we talked about injuries, and injuries have really hampered and handcuffed in any kind of verb you want for this team this year. Ryan Presley just uh, was put on the injured list. He's going to have arthroscopic surgery on his right knee tomorrow. Carlos Correa is on the injured list right now. Jose Altuve missed 40 games earlier this year um, on the injured list. But this team still just manages to – plug and play and can kind of uh, compensate for the guys that are hurt. 
And I think it really all starts at the front of the rotation with Verlander and Grinky now and then Cole, obviously, as well. Those guys, it's a, it's a reassuring feeling no matter what position players on the IL. It's a really reassuring feeling that when you come to the ballpark, you know every, thir- every day you're going to have a chance to win. And that's what the Astros have most of the time with their starting pitching, especially with Verlander and Cole atop the rotation. Now, you mentioned, you know, obviously the injuries and, and guys getting called up to fill in those spots. How is the overall, you would say, organ, organizational depth um, when you consider the minor leagues? Are there is there a bunch of guys, like, ready to come up and take this, take these uh, at-bats and take these innings? Or is it more like, you know, they just are going to have to uh, kind of hold on until you guys get to, uh, get your main guys back? Well, they used the, the farm system used to be pretty fertile and ready to go and have major league ready guys, but then the Zach Grinky trade happened, and that was probably the biggest haul of prospects that, that Jeff Luno's ever given up in his tenure as Astros general manager. So now when you look at the Astros farm system now, they're ranked near the bottom. Pretty much of every organizational, when you look at all organizational farm system rankings, they're anywhere from 18th to 20th. And this is the team that, and this is the franchise that's been in the top five or top ten for the last four years running. So um, they've got two really standout prospects. Forrest Whitley's a, a right-handed pitcher that's not had a good year in the minor leagues, but still is a top, still is a top fifteen, top twenty prospect. And then Kyle Tucker's corner outfielder, um, the number one overall prospect in the organization, a top ten prospect, pretty unanimously in baseball. But after those two guys, after Whitley and after Tucker. There isn't much in the farm system, and that's something that the Astros are going to have to address, not only right now, but in the draft and maybe, you know, in some trades that don't maybe take the headlines. They're going to have to go find some pieces that they can really develop and really replenish the farm system because they gave up a ton to get Zach Greinke. And you mentioned um, them picking up Zach Greinke at the deadline, and not only him, but also his massive contract. And, And for everything I'm seeing out there, the, the trade for Granke might mean that the signing Cole uh, long-term might not be in the cards for Houston. Have you heard anything about what they're going to do? Are they going to make a serious offer for him or just kind of give him the uh, one-year qualifying offer so they get signed something back and if he signs with another team? Well, I think regardless, they're going to extend him a qualifying offer just so they can have that protection, like you said, of getting something back when he signs somewhere else. But, yeah, I think what you were alluding to there is kind of right. Um, you know, this puts the Astros at a payroll position that they haven't been in in the franchise's history. Um, you look next season, and I, uh, Zach Grinke, Justin Verlander, and Jose Altuve are all going to be in it, making in excess of $21 million um, next year. And, and, you know, they've got some free agents that are going to come off the books, but it's not going to be a ton. Um, I think the Astros will pursue Garrett Cole. I don't think they are as inclined to pay him maybe what he's due, um, just given the fact that they do have Zach Grinke for the next two years. Um, I think Garrett Cole is certainly worthy of, anywhere from 180 to a $200 million deal. I don't think the Astros can swing that, but you never know. Um, Garrett Cole seems to like Houston. He seems to like his teammates. He seems to like kind of how they do things around here. So uh, I don't know, but um, I do know that I don't think Garrett Cole is going to take anything that he doesn't feel he's worth. And I think there are other teams out there that are probably more apt and more, you know, financially sound enough to, to, maybe present him a, a more lucrative deal than the Astros are. Now, you've seen Garrett Cole this whole season and even probably beyond, but uh, the Angels, Angel fan base, are, are hoping that the Angels are in the running and possibly landing a Garrett Cole uh, this offseason. From what you've seen, what, if they do sign him, what do you see? Like, what kind of pitcher, what are they getting with Garrett Cole besides maybe what you just, the obvious you see when he takes a mound every fifth day? Well, I can I can say before I even get into what he does every fifth day. I mean, this is a guy that he grew up an Angels fan, and he makes no um, he makes no reservations about that. The last time we were in Anaheim, um, he made it a point to kind of talk about his childhood and how he loved driving down the interstate to see the Big A. He loved uh, Tim Salmon, Troy Gloss. He had all these guys' posters and things. So this is a guy that likes Anaheim a lot. He likes the, the franchise, and I think he would really. I think that would be something that's on his bucket list is to pitch for the Angels. Um, but as far as what you're getting every fifth day, I mean, you're getting one of the premier pitchers in baseball. This is a guy that can dial it up to 100 in the seventh inning if he needs to. Um, he's got the fastball and curveball combo that 
is just really devastating. And he's one of the best strikeout artists of, of this season. Um, you know, something that kind of hampered his time in Pittsburgh was his injuries. He, he had some arm issues, had some elbow issues. He's had none of that in Houston. He just missed a start with a hamstring strain, but he's, about, he's scheduled to start tonight in Houston to, to, um, to make that only a one-start thing. So he's, he's gotten through injury-free. He's a workhorse. He's a guy that, um, you know, very rarely does he go out and not give the Astros a chance to win, and very rarely does he not go out and dominate. This is a guy that um, – this is a guy that's truly rounding into form and truly coming into the peak of his career. And uh, I think he's going to be rewarded pretty handsomely in free agency. Now you just mentioned him, him starting for you guys tonight, Thursday night uh, for Houston. And then I believe you guys had Verlander start last night, uh, Wednesday, um, coming into the series with the angels, obviously a three game set starting Friday night. Um, you know, what is the pitching uh, probables you think? And how do you think with the injuries Houston's kind of, accumulating right now the the odds of angels maybe getting uh one or two games out in houston so the angels are i guess when you play the astros you kind of have to you know take what you can get they are going to miss justin verlander and garrett cole but they do have to face Zach grinky on friday um so grinky will pitch friday wade miley will pitch saturday and then the astros are tba on sunday um that'll probably be a minor league call up um either maybe a fromber valdez or jose or kitty comes up and starts that game but um, I, I think if you can get past Grinky, um, if you can get past Grinky, you know, Wade Miley's pitched really well for this club this year. It's the guy that's not talked about a ton, but he's got a, around a 3.11 ERA. Um, he's just kind of been quietly doing it behind Verlander and Cole. Um, but he's struggled to command the cutter a little bit lately. His, he's been off in his last couple of starts. So if the Angels are going to kind of take this series, they're going to have to win the game, obviously, that Miley pitches and then, Sunday, the TBA on Sunday is certainly a game where you would think the Angels would have the advantage just against a, 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 an Astros minor leaguer that gets called up to, to kind of make a spot start. But obviously, um, starting out with Zach Grinke on Friday is, is not ideal for any opponent. He's pitched really well in his three Astros starts. Um, so the Angels will have their hands full. Now, last thing before I let you go, um, you know, it's kind of an old topic, but again, this is like the first time they're playing since – um, the whole no way, uh, I believe Marisnik at the big A. Is that now, can we just put that to bed now? Is there nothing, you know, coming into the next series where something might happen or is there any kind of talk at all or is that, that kind of completely um, gone? No, I think it's gone. Um, I, I think if no way Ramirez pitches this weekend, he'll probably get booed pretty soundly by the Astros fans. And I think if Jake Marisnik comes up at any point in the series and gets a big hit, he'll probably get cheered really loud by the Astros fans. But I think that'll be the extent of it. Um, I, I don't think the Astros are going to retaliate any after Noe Ramirez was suspended and Brad Ausmus was suspended. I think it was an, it was just kind of an ugly sort of week there. Um, obviously, I don't think Jake Marisnik had any intent to hurt Jonathan Lucroy. I just think it was a really awful split-second decision that just – ended really you know gruesomely and obviously no way Ramirez wanting to retaliate that's kind of the unwritten rules of baseball but you know came a little too close to the head so I it was a it was just kind of a week-long thing of unwritten rules and a lot of ambiguity and a lot of weirdness but I think I think everybody's past that yeah I think that was the same kind of thought we've had as far as on the podcast but um again thank you very much for your time um you know, Chandler, uh, if you want to give out your Twitter handle and, and maybe follow you a little bit during the series, uh, where can they reach you at? Sure, I'm at Chandler underscore Rome on Twitter. Um, like I said, I'll be out there starting starting tomorrow. All right, so that was Chandler Rome uh, from the Houston Chronicle, uh, the Houston Astros beat writer. I want to thank him for the time that he took out of his schedule to to sit down with da- uh, Daniel and, and discuss the upcoming series and the, the Angels, hopefully – uh, pursuing uh, Garrett Cole there in the offseason. But anyway, uh, as we talked about in last week's podcast, we had a special uh, contest going on. Daniel, you want to give the other people the information here? Yeah, so again, if you listen to the last week's pod, uh, podcast, and even the one that we did earlier in the week, I was able to talk to the guy from On Deck Customs, uh, Manny from On Deck Customs. Again, you can follow him on On Deck Customs on Instagram and on Twitter. And the contest was easy he does custom cleats guys he does custom cleats baseball cleats football cleats whatever cleats you want or shoes tennis shoes and uh the giveaway was super easy all you gotta do is go to his page uh follow him and tag two friends on his page on any 
cleat or any shoe that you you like. And there's a bunch on there from uh, Jose Suarez to um, J.C. Ramirez's new cleats for Players Weekend. And now he's actually reaching out, too, and doing some, a lot of other guys, too, on other teams, some Arizona uh, Diamondbacks, some New York Mets. So definitely got to keep your eye out for it. And if you have you know family members that play sports and they want some custom cleats, he's definitely got to reach out to. So this giveaway was a pair of free customized shoes, cleats, or whatever. And so I talked to him early today, and the winner is – I got to pull it up. Drum roll, please. Da-da-da-da. It is Jamie Reyes, and your tag is King J Ray on Instagram. So the second part of this now, hopefully you're listening. We'll put something out on Instagram saying, hey, if you want to know who won, now you're going to have to go on uh, listen to the All Angels podcast. Instagram or direct message us, and then we'll get you in contact with On Deck Customs, or you can go straight to On Deck Customs. He knows the winner, and you guys can work out what you want how it's going to work, you know, how you get the shoes to him and all that stuff. So, again, the winner of the contest is uh, Jamie Reyes, and the Instagram is King J Ray. So definitely get a hold of us, get a hold of On Deck Customs, and they will, uh, he will hook you up. Thank you for um, participating in this contest, and hopefully this will be something we'll do more and more down uh, in the future with him. Awesome. So congratulations to Jamie. So let's get into it again, as we do every week, a usual segment on the show, unlike the Curator's Chronicles. Happy birthday, by the way, Chris. Happy birthday. To Couldn't you. even make it to his own birthday party. Oh, God. Um, we, we could have got him with Bernie and on the big board at Samuel Stadium. We know the people here. He could have done a whole uh, birthday extravaganza here, but nope. We would have let him, like, they would have let him run the bases oh, and dude, stuff they like that. Do, I'm sure we probably could have gotten throughout the first pitch and everything too. Yeah, that but, actually but really um, awesome. you know, no. whatever. Yeah. But anyway, our usual segment of the show is our this week's poll question. Daniel, what's the poll question for this week? Yeah. So again, uh, players weekend coming up this week starting Friday, and a little bit change with the jerseys this year. If you know the jerseys from last year, they're a little more colorful. The red and blue, uh, navy blue jerseys. Now this year, all over uh, MLB. They went strictly to all white and all black. If you're on the road, you're all black. If you're home, you're all white. So the question was easy. What year did you like jersey-wise better? 2018, the more colorful one, or 2019 this year where it was strictly just black or white? Which one did you pick? I'm going to go with this year's 2019 one. The one they used the last two years was great. It was a great jersey. I loved last, you know, last two years' jerseys, but... I like this year's more because I like black. Um, I like the, the Raider I, fan, that's yeah, why I am. And uh, I have one sim. I have a jersey similar to that at home, which is weird. Um, that I that I picked up. The Angels were releasing weird colors years ago, and I, I picked one up like that. So I like it. I'm gonna pick me up a Buttry one. <laughs> yeah, Buttry is awesome. And the cool thing about this year too, with name wise, uh, it looks like they're they're allowing people to put the emojis on the back, which is something different. Um, again, if you follow us on Instagram, you've seen that we are doing a nickname kind of tournament. We picked eight guys, and <clears> we're letting you guys vote. So, again, follow us on Instagram at Halo underscore Haven. But, yeah, I actually picked the 2018 jerseys because I like the – not only because the angels are the, the dark blue and the red, but now the pirates were black and – like a different black and yet Like different teams were different colors, their colors. Right. I'm not – off. I'm not really digging the whole everyone be the same color kind of deal because it's supposed to be players weekend and players are supposed to be able to express themselves and the colored bats, the colored uh, cleats, all that stuff. And I just feel like, well, isn't that kind of a step backwards if you're making them be like, okay, black or uh, white? You know, I just feel like well, put some color in it, make it make it a little make it pop, make it a little more exciting. So, um, and actually. The way the vote turned out is exactly how we turned out. It was exactly a 50-50 split. So we have solved nothing today, if anything. So, um, again, 50% for 2018, 50% for 2019. Um, so that's our poll question. Again, every week we'll try to put up a poll question on our Twitter, Halo underscore Haven. Go there, follow us, and um, you know we'll try to put a poll question up every Monday about what's going on or what's um, to come for the Angels or maybe just baseball in general. So... That is our um, that's our poll question for the week. All right, awesome, fifty fifty. 
nothing got accomplished. Nothing got accomplished at all. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So let's go into our emails and our questions that we get on Instagram as well. So let's start with our email that you can email us at at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. That's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. First one comes from Jason Greenbaum. It's not much of a question. It's more just a comment. He says, getting tougher and tougher to tune into the games as the days of the season start to dwindle. Um, I tune in regardless, but yeah, when we start to get blown out, I, I'm, I'm easier prone to change the channel. I don't want to see it. I get up at four in the morning too. So that, that doesn't, Here's an old man. that doesn't help. Yeah. I'm bitter. Get off my lawn. Yeah. We will go now to our Instagram live feed again, Instagram, halo underscore Haven. Uh, first one we'll, we'll pick from is JC Hava 17. And he asked, who should the Angels, who should be on the Angels' radar this offseason? And we actually got a couple, like, emails and general questions about it. So we'll kind of just generalize it right now. But I think... Is there anybody else? It's real easy. It's real easy. Even if you take Cole out of it and say, okay, well, he's the obvious one. I think you're still, look, you're still looking for pitching. You're still looking for uh, depth at that position. Um, I don't think off... Uh, Offensively, position player wise, I don't think there's a need to go so out either. and make a big splash. At least I think if you want to go out there and find another Goodwin, find another yeah, yeah. or another uh, like uh, another uh, Stella Buena type guy, yeah, something like that, yeah. where maybe it's low risk, high reward kind of deal, and you can maybe flip them. Great, but I think as far as on the radar, I think the only kind of people or players that should be on the radar for the Angels going into this offseason are definitely the pitching uh, starting pitchers and maybe even some. Um, and definitely maybe some bullpen arms because you know obviously with bullpen arms the more you ha- the more you have the more you can throw out there the more you can um, kind of spread out their innings that will only help them also yeah all right let's go back to our emails uh, canning is or this comes from Trevor Billings canning hitting the IL uh, is that a surprise to you guys and I'm not being an ass seriously I don't think he's ever pitched this much in base his baseball career especially at the major league level. Obviously. So do you find well, it surprising? Or? No, I mean, and then here, here's his innings count as a, an amateur at UCLA and then to this point in the majors. So 2015, again, at UCLA, 63 and two-thirds. 2016 with UCLA, 109 and a third innings. Um, the year he got drafted, 2017 with UCLA, he pitched 119 innings. And then after that, he got shut down the rest of the year. He didn't pitch in um, – as in a rookie ball or Arizona uh, ball at all. So he got shut down the whole rest of that year. 2018, so this is last year, when he went through double-A, or he was actually here for a little bit, high-A, double-A, and triple-A, and all the same season, he actually pitched 113 innings, 113 and a third innings, which would be his career high. And then this year, he only went 106 and a third. So if you look at that, and again, kind of like what you said earlier, the innings are probably stresses a little bit different between you know UCLA and you know double triple A but 106 is his third least amount you know he pitched 119 his his last year at UCLA I mean still 119 innings is still 119 innings so um you know there's no reason for him to be out there for the rest of the year I think that's probably one of the main reasons why they have shut him down for uh the rest of this season um but again it, it's something that I think they're doing now just to save him for next year we had a question on uh, Instagram Live that asks uh, Halo Fan Four asks, "Will Griffin Cannon be back in the majors next year?" I believe so. Yeah. The yeah. fact that the fact that there's no structural damage is a huge plus, and I think that means he will be in this rotation at some point. Again, depending on who they sign, whether that's like a, a third or the fourth or the fifth guy. Um, if he's your fifth guy next year, then it's he's a, a, a he's guy. a hell of a fifth guy. So, yeah. but I definitely think you do see him, especially with no surgery. You do see him oh, next yeah. year in the majors. Uh, next question again will go from our Instagram live uh, feed. Um, Halo Nation eighty three. Choose one: make the playoffs consistently without Trout, or keep him and not make playoffs. I think that's Louie. What's up, Louie? Um, choose one: make the playoffs consistently without, without Trout. Trout, or keep him and not make. make well, I want to make the playoffs, so. Yeah, I think that's an easy one. Like, yeah, great. You like seeing Trout. You you appreciate Trout for what he does. But at the end of the day, win. yeah, I'm a I'm a Angel fan more so than a yeah. like, Trout fan. So I'm gonna put that it's it's a like, card ahead of the horse kind of deal. It's like, I, it's like me with the Lakers. Like uh, when the Lakers signed LeBron James, everyone uh, everyone threw a fit about you know oh you can't you can't be a Laker fan and. And, and and like LeBron James, well, I'm a Laker fan. Like, I'm going to cheer on LeBron James now. As much as, you know, the whole Kobe rivalry was the thing. Oh, you can't like him if you were a Kobe fan. 
He's on the Lakers now. You got to like him. So, same thing. I'm more of a Laker fan than a Kobe fan. I was a Laker fan before that. Same thing with the Angels. I'm an Angels fan before Mike Trout even showed up here. So, yeah. Duh. Yeah. yeah. So, definitely I would want him to put, uh, you know, if you were to tell me you would get Trout and you're just not guaranteed to make the playoffs, but you still could, then, yeah, I'll take that. Oh, yeah, of course. But if you're saying we get Trout and we get we, there's no shot at it, then I'm like, no, give me the shot where yeah. you can um, where you can definitely – have an opportunity to uh, be in the playoffs every year. Let me have a taste of that championship again. <laughs> that was so sweet. Anyway, next, uh, <laughs> I love this one. Duncan Healy. Duncan Healy from Dead Horse Alaska trolling on on uh, Chris. Chris. He does it so well. The Smush Pot, he was on earlier. I don't know if he's still on, on our Instagram yeah, Live. He was. So if he I, was, listen. The, only, the other person that was on our Instagram Live when I was on here earlier uh, before the show, Keenan Middleton, he's, he said, what's hey, up? There you go. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, not sure if you guys are old enough to remember, but do you remember a show named <laughs> a show where in Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Do you remember that show? Yeah, exactly. I I remember, it, was just, it was like a game show. Yeah. Yeah. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Exactly. So he said, "How about a segment on the show called Where in the World is the Curator Johnson?" That's easy. He's in Riverside somewhere. He rarely he rarely leaves Riverside, so he's in Riverside somewhere. I'm down with that. Yeah, exactly. That might be. We need to get that. We're already, we're, we're already taking, uh, putting ideas together for next season. And this is definitely going to be in the 2020 season meeting um, coming up in the or, off season. Or how about this? The segment of the show is where in the world is Chris the Curator Johnson? And where, you know, <laughs> where in no, the we'll call him like right now. Like if, we, if the segment was happening right now, we'd call him on the air and he would just say, hey, where are you at? And he'll tell us where he's at. I'm down with that. Uh, last email comes from Lauren Cod. She says, hey there, guys. Question going around the shop. Aside from a frontline starter, what are Angels looking for in free agency next year? So similar to the one on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, that's the same thing. Again, you're looking for pitching, pitching, and pitching. Um, obviously, Garrett Cole is the main guy. You are definitely going to kind of put all out. You're going to roll out the red carpet. You are going to um, – Almost give him whatever he wants, money wise. Yeah, but take it here. but take after that, you, I mean, you, you definitely are going to need probably another guy to at least add depth to that rotation. Whether it's going to be, uh, I'm looking at free agents for next year: Alex Wood, Michael uh, Waka, um, Ooh, Julio uh, Tehran, um, Kendall Graveman. I mean, there's some guys here that aren't are, are not bad. You just you know, I just think Cole is obviously head and head and shoulders yeah. above everybody, but. There are some guys here that you can add. Zach Wheeler wouldn't be bad. He's actually doing a lot better Zach Wheeler would um, be nice. since since he's got back off the uh, IL. Um, you know, but you have people like Strasburg and Ryu, which a lot of people would want. But they're having a good year, and I think they will outprice themselves to where no doubt. Yeah. Or if you get Cole, that's like an A plus player. I don't know if you'll be able to get like an A minus pitcher with with the with the budget. You know, maybe you get like A plus Cole, and then maybe a. Um, B, B minus type of player. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but then if you don't get cold for whatever reason, you don't get cold, then yeah, then you go after the Strasburg. Strasburg. Yeah, exactly. But I think you go after Cole and if he signs, then he is definitely the, um, he's definitely the main guy to, uh, the main guy to go after and everything after that is just how else you can fit him in the, or fit those pitchers in the rotation. So now we'll go to Instagram and I switched the button. Hold on. Um, here we go. Next question. Could Justin Upton or Cole Calhoun be traded so Joey Dell can come up to the majors? That's from Angel Fan 4 again. So Cole is going to be a free agent at the end of the year if they don't pick up the option. option. So he's $14 million option. Right. So that's, that's Cole. As far as Justin Upton, I don't think you can trade no. him just because the contract is way too big. Too many years. For too many too, years. Too much yeah. money. And here's a little thing I want to talk about this yeah. real quick before we move on to Cole. The, I do really do see the Angels picking up that $14 million option on Cole Calhoun for this reason. Yeah, I don't see why not. Where else do you get production, free agency, like the production that Cole Calhoun is going to give you in right field? Where in the free agent market are you going to get a guy that hits 25 home runs, drives in about 65, 70 RBIs? Batting average is a little low, but – that kind of production in the lineup, he's having a decent year uh, power-wise. And not to mention what he does defensively. You're not going to get that for anything less than $14 million in the free agent market. So I see them picking him up, letting Joe Adele develop still. If And if in this season, in that next season, Cole struggles, then okay, 
Joe Dow's in AAA. He's doing good. Then you bring him up. Or you let a guy like Goodwin right. get a start if they jo- resign. Joe's just starting in AAA, so there's still a yeah. lot of a lot of stuff that needs for him to develop, obviously. He's hit a little struggle in a little bit, so let him develop. Don't rush him if you don't need him, especially if you have a, uh, a Cole being a – you know, obviously not a great player, but a good player that can produce for you, especially having a, a good year now. Um, we go to Instagram. One guy asked us, Justin Football 08, <laughs> we got photobomb from the PR guy or the radio guy, um, asked about us saying playoffs over Trout and then said, uh, we don't like Trout. No, it's just there's a question. Would you rather make the playoffs or not make the playoffs? And we just said, <laughs> regardless of who the player is, yeah. we'd rather make the playoffs. And if you're an Angel fan, I don't see how that's an yeah. even – even an issue like the option is trout and absolutely no playoffs or no trout and playoffs consistently. I'm an Angels fan. I was an Angels fan before Mike Trout. And we'll be Angel fans after, after Mike, Mike Trout. Trout. I, I so, and we said if, if if there's a third option that says, "Hey, you get Trout and maybe you make the no, playoffs," then I'm taking then the we're op- taking the that Mike one. Trout, but if yeah. you, if there's only a one or one, one or the other, one or the other, then we're taking playoffs every single. Doesn't mean we don't like Trout, and that's great that you like to assume that stuff. But <laughs> hey. Whatever. Um, but, yeah, so, again, we are uh, just pro playoffs. Yes, we like – you know what we like? We like making the playoffs more than we like Mike Trout. I said it. Oh, no doubt. Uh, hot take right there. I like making the playoffs better than I like Mike Trout. I was asked this – not a co- this question, but uh, a coworker of mine was telling, was asking, man, he said, dude, it just kind of sucks to be sitting here watching these games for nothing, right? And then it took me back to, you know, mid-2000s, about 2005, 2006, when the Angels were rolling off Western Division championships. And I did think to myself, Daniel, I said, man, I don't want to go back to being that team that we were when I was a kid and had no hope of making the playoffs. It sucks, dude. Like, I, I'll watch Angel games. I watch all the Angel games. I'm still rooting for them to win. But it does suck to watch these games knowing that we're not in contention, dude. You know, Right, just, exactly. It, it like sucks. I said, I'd rather make the playoffs than any and, – and, and you could, if you could say you make the playoffs, you can take anyone off the team, but you're guaranteed to make the playoffs. Take anyone. Take three players, and that means we're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I don't yeah, really man. care. Yeah. Um, here's one from the story, and then we're just going to give Chris a harder time because this is all him. Uh, when and where can we find the Halo van, but then she ended up fixing it later and saying Halo bus. That's on Chris. We're trying to figure yeah, something out. We can get a hold of the guy. I yeah, mean. you know. Maybe – maybe, we can. We were here at Inland Empire earlier in the year, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, for their burrito night. Hopefully, we can try to make it out to a Saturday at Angel Stadium again. This is probably the best place to uh, listen and be at. You know, I don't know if we're gonna take the bus to Angel Stadium this year, just because there's very limited games, and it's a matter of getting getting us all out there. Um, I'm always out there. So well, yeah, but I'm saying like, well, more Chris than anything. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I just, you know what, um, we'll keep you guys informed if we do decide to do something, you know, if we have a charity event or something that, that pops up. I think this year we want, we probably do want to push more of the back to the uh, toy drive um, for December, for, for December. Uh, but that that's looking forward. We'll see where it goes from here. Uh, another question here from Rojas underscore A1711 on Instagram. Do you think Jose Ross... Uh, what, what do you, you think, think? of Rose, uh, Jose Rojas? He he is in AAA for the Angels. No, I, he's produced a ton of big numbers, um, but you kind of seen it's been kind of a um, logjam at that, especially at that middle infield spot. I mean, once once um, big logjam. Once Simmons comes back, you know, uh, Tovar's going down. Yeah, um, Fletcher's there. Yeah, he feels those there, and they earned it um but i definitely think you will see him come september and he'll definitely get some at bats in september and i think you know whether or not he is with the angels next year as far as maybe him performing and being like a trade piece in the offseason can work that's what i'm saying Um, flip him for something right so depending on how he does in the off or not the off season but in the september call-ups and that stuff that's going to be a big part of what i think his future is with the angels yeah if he performs i think that's a very good piece for a lot of teams that can use a guy that's Offensively shown that he has numbers in AAA. Granted, it's AAA, but and it's also, a PCL but, but too. also he can, um, you know, play play the middle infield positions to where he's not stuck at one position. He's able to kind of move around as teams needed. Um, we'll just take a couple more. Uh, we'll go Jason Kroom seventy six. If you were GM, what's your approach for starting pitching in the offseason? Again, we kind of talked about this. Garrett again. Cole, Garrett Cole, and then maybe some other guy after that. Garrett Cole. Yeah, that was that's kind of the main the main uh theme of Garrett 
Cole. Hey, and Garrett, you want to come on the podcast? We'll uh, we'll definitely have you on. Garrett Cole. All right, and let's <laughs> that's the see. approach. Uh, another Garrett Cole question from Ryan uh, Balthazar. So thank you for the question, but I think we answered that one. Um, possible. This is this is with September coming up. Possible pitching prospects that will come up September and help next year. I don't know about. We, I think we've already used them all. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone really. I mean, I will pull up their forty-man roster right now, but I am. Um, I think they pretty, call up. Well, well he's I mean, asking for next year. Well, uh, or this come, year. Come I up, mean, well, he said we'll get called up in September. That will help next year. Uh, no, I was going to say. Obviously, I think Jared Walsh is going to get called up. He's well, going to no, get. He some said. Many. He said pitcher. Yeah. Well. Yeah, he pitches not, too. But he's not going to be a pitcher. No, but that's, gonna, but he's, not, he's not going to contribute. No, but I'm way. saying well, that's why I'm saying he's not a guy. But I'm saying anyone who's going to come up this year, it's a pitcher. The only guy I can think of is uh, Jared Walsh. You have, you have Tropiano, you have Suarez, yeah, Sandoval's Tropiano. already up. Josh Rodriguez out of the bullpen. There's some 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 people like what they see with him, so he can be a guy that uh, a bullpen arm wise can um, make you kind of feel like okay, let's see what we have there. But as far as like starting pitching wise, you you've seen them all. Yeah. I mean, those are the guys on the forty man roster. As far as prospect wise, a lot of their top flight pitching prospects are in Double um, A. Not a whole lot in Triple A now. That again, if this was a regular season and you had everyone that you wanted, you would be expected to see Suarez get called up. You were expected to see uh, Sandoval get called up. But these guys are already here. Yeah. Uh, Jaime, same thing. He, this, Those would be the guys who would... Dylan Peters. Right. He's already here. So, again, um, uh, will Trout hit 50 dingers this year? Yes, I think he will. He's at 42. We got about 26 I games. Think, I, like I think he'll be pushing 55, truthfully. I wouldn't be surprised if he's at 54 at the end of the year. 42, that would mean 10... I think he can do that. Uh, I'd say he hits 50. I think he gets 50. I'll take the under on 55, though. I said 54, so I'm taking the 54. under also. Or under. You said 54. Yeah, said I'll 54. take the under on 54. Yeah, I think 54. I'm being a little optimistic there, but again. I'll say 52. But the, thing, the crazy thing about him, though, is if he gets on a, some kind of crazy streak like he has, he can hit four in a six-game stretch, and then you're already kind of almost there already. You know what I mean? But I so. mean, but 10 in a month is a lot. No, it is. No, it is. It, it is. But I'm just saying, if he gets on a roll, yeah, he can yeah, do yeah. it. And that's what I'm saying. But he if, he, if he gets eight, on a roll so and, and he gets, get four, gets four in a six, seven game period, well, damn, he's halfway there already. So it's going to be something You know what? I'll say he breaks the Angels' record for at 47. He'll get to he'll pass forty seven. He'll pass three. Oh yeah, I think that's easy, man. Yeah. It, and then next and then next year is the countdown to when he passes uh, Salmon for the franchise record. Well, yeah, he's and he's, then and then even then in it's May like, he'll do it. If I say and then he's like, oh yeah, then you still have like another like seven years left to <laughs> add it on. It's like, wow, that was kind of anti. Like one of those things you think, okay, the last couple of years of his career he'll pass this big record. No, that was nope. in the back of my mind like yeah. two years ago. I'm like, well, if because I was thinking well, if he hits free agency, will he hit the, will he hit three hundred? Before his free agency, and he leaves. Well, now I didn't. You know, there's no concern in that. But uh, yeah, he's definitely doing it early next year. It'll be like yeah. in May. Yep, definitely. Unless, yeah, that's unless something... he has a torrid April and breaks yeah. it right away. Yeah, exactly. But who knows? Now that the season's starting earlier, he might even have more games in April than that's normal. That's true. Um, all right. So again, follow us on Instagram and on uh, Twitter, Halo underscore Haven. Uh, we try to get to all the what we could on the Instagram live feed. Uh, we got a ton of questions, so we just weren't able to. Maybe one day we'll just do a podcast, a strictly Q and A podcast. Um, probably maybe during the off season, probably the best time to do that. Now that I'm thinking about it, but again, follow us on Halo Haven. Uh, uh, I'm getting blank. Halo underscore Haven on Twitter and on Instagram. Follow us. Uh, you know, and a big thing too with this podcast: rate review. Especially you guys on iTunes, help us spread the word that way. It'll help our podcast come up when people are looking for baseball podcasts and especially Angels podcasts. Yeah. So definitely rate, review, subscribe, um, five, on. subscribe. Five five stars would be great. And again, if you have any comments, how we can get this better. Again, going into next season, this is our second full season of this podcast. So going next year into our third season, um, we will. You know, we're open to suggestions. So. Again, uh, rate, review, comment, questions, how we can make this better, go to allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Shoot us a line there, and uh, we'll do our best to try to make this better coming into the next, the rest of this season and into the next. Yeah, you know, uh, we've, we've uh, kind of trying to improve as, as we go, you know, that being whether it's, you know, audio-wise or what we can do to interact with our fans. I, I feel like I want we 
I think we're both on the same page as far as wanting to do like more giveaway situations. Um, but also we're a part of the armchair media network of podcasts too. So um, we're trying to kind of grow with that as well. So just, you know, again, subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it be iTunes, Google play, uh, Spreaker, Spotify, our heart. And they're a minute early on that horn. Anyways, Yeah, we're on Spotify. We are on Apple, Apple iTunes. We are on Apple uh, on iTunes ra- or iHeartRadio app. It's a little harder to find us there because you have to type in all angels podcasts and then scroll down a, a handful. But again, you guys start subscribing. You guys start rating. When people type that stuff in, it pops right up to the front. So we need your help to do that for other people out there. So when they do want to look for something, instead of having them having to scroll through a bunch of crap, they can boom, as soon as they find type it. it in, it's like one of the first three or four that pop up. So again, we need your help for that. And then, you know, maybe as we go, the more and more popular we get again, we'll do more giveaways with, with guys like we did with on deck customs and on, and all that stuff. So, and definitely. even some of the, even some of the stuff that, you know, we, we pop out, you know, whether it be like buttons or, or pennants or whatever, um, yeah. we'll try to do more of that too. So, yep. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week. We'll be back next week, probably same, same day of the week. If not Friday, uh, again, the Angels have a little tough schedule here. We'll be coming back home against uh, the Red Sox here. I don't know if you're going to be headed out to the Big A uh, next week, but I think I'm going to have to try to make it out there because uh, we're winding down the season and there's only a few home games left. So, anyway, that's going to wrap it up for us. Again, uh, All Angels Podcast will be back next week. I'm Johnny Mags. I'm Dan Garcia. And you're listening to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.